I didn't want to conform to that because I yeah. just didn't believe so much of what was the premise of what was being told to me. Yeah. But it's really hard in environments where like you are surrounded by everybody mm-hmm. who's got like this one collective thought. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everyone can resonate with this because they've got some sort of similar situation mm-hmm. where it's like they've been surrounded by people, especially if you grew up really in a difficult environment that being kind of pushed on you and you really being tested. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie. And for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Before we kick off this episode, I just really quickly, really quickly want to make sure that you heard about the Black Friday sale that makes you bank because we just opened the doors and there are savings anywhere from $500 all the way up to over $5,000 on my coaching programs. So whether you are a complete beginner just at the starting line or you have your sights set on seven figures and you want to create passive income and courses and team and funnels and all of the more advanced stuff that we talk about on this podcast, there is something for everyone. And since Black Friday is pretty much the only time all year that we do discounts on my programs, there are limited spots available for each option. So if you have big goals for your business in 2024 and you like my vibe, you like my strategies, you like my coaching philosophies, this would probably be a great move for you. For all of the details and to see if there's a spot left for you, go to mariewold.com slash Black Friday, or of course you can tap the link in my Instagram profile. Now, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Make Bank. I'm Marie and I'm here with our guest, Bea of The Guided Word today. And I'm so, so thrilled to have her on because I just already know that this conversation is going to be super juicy. She is such a thought leader in the empowerment, spiritual confidence, identity, authenticity, creator space. So as you can tell, we have lots to talk about. Bea is the self-published author of The Powerhouse Collection, a spiritual empowerment poetry collection, which landed on the Amazon bestseller list. She's also the writer and creator behind The Guided Word, a unique online space that supports creatives and entrepreneurs on their personal development journey as they build their brand. And The Guided Word has amassed a sizable social media presence to lead Bea to self-publish her book. She also is a go-to empowerment mentor for the soul led visionary woman looking to unlock her power, lead with her intuition and authenticity so she can live her purpose and create the impact she was always meant for. Obviously, we are so here for all of these things. So it was such a no-brainer to have her on the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to chat with you because like you said, I know it's going to be so juicy, so fun and just laid back, kind of like chatting with your best friend. Yes, exactly. Honestly, that was one of the like core reasons why I started this podcast back in the day was I was like, I just want to have an excuse to have conversations with women who are like doing big things, leading conversations, like really about their work and have things to say, things to talk about. And like, what other excuse would I have to like basically sit down over coffee with so many amazing women from like all different walks of life, all different industries. And it has been 
one of the biggest life hacks of like networking and relationship building and like just mining people for their wisdom and their expertise. So I'm super excited. Well, I'm glad because you also, you have this very nice way of, I think, making people feel at ease where it's just like, you're like, I just want to gab, but also you feel like it's a safe space. (laughs) Yeah. Like we have some talking points, we have some topics in mind, but like really whatever we land on is going to be great. So I'm so excited to dive in and I want to just give people a little bit of context if they're not familiar with you, if they're not familiar with the guided word, you have grown an entire brand and written a book around empowerment and energetics and identity and more and like the, is this the work that you most needed in your journey or like how did we land here especially when you're a lawyer by trade right yeah so yeah. I know it's one of those things where people are like what what do you do for a living? yeah you just did a small <laughs> pivot yeah <laughs> I think this is definitely something that's always been a part of my life and I never really thought it would take off the way it did because mm-hmm. like when I first started, I was like, oh, I'm just like sharing things that, you know, for me were really important and almost not really documenting my journey, but just sharing things that genuinely spoke to me and were like massive hacks, but like yeah. kind of in the style of like poetry and mm. it really spoke to a lot of people and it kind of almost took me, I guess, off guard a little bit and people mm. were like, oh my gosh, you know, if you wrote a book, I would buy it. And I was like, sorry, what? Like just random strangers were like messaging me and my DMs being like, if you wrote something, like I would be the first within five seconds, I would like click that link and buy oh it. Gosh. And I was like, oh, that is what a, a compliment. Thing. Right? Especially because yeah. for me, it wasn't really like, I understood the power of social media, but not to that extent like I'd seen you know the YouTube and like kind of people go but to me what I was doing it just didn't really in the beginning feel like that it felt really more personal and community Mm -hmm. yeah no it was definitely something that it was like my journey kind of became public it was like things that Mm -hmm. I was writing about things that I was going through and a lot of times I would like write to I guess like like we say sometimes like the the past version of yourself mm-hmm. so like f- people who kind of now resonate with that and are going through that they go to my page and they're like oh my gosh this yeah. is this thing that speaks to me what I'm going through right now so you're you're right like it definitely started out that way where I was like yeah. very much documenting in my own very specific I guess style and voice and how it kind of most came naturally to me yeah I think that's one of the most pure authentic, which I know is going to be a big trend of like, or a big theme of today's conversation. But I think that's one of the most pure ways to like begin growing an audience. Cause that's exactly what I did as well. Like I started my Instagram page when Instagram was brand new. Like literally you just square, shared square photos with like the Valencia filter. <laughs> like that's all that so we were you doing. Know. Yeah. And I was just using it to share my own journey and document. Like I was sharing like my health and fitness journey. So I was sharing like the recipe that I made to make like healthy banana bread or whatever. Like I was just documenting and using it kind of as like an accountability diary. And that really resonated with people. So it sounds like you kind of did that in your own sphere of like sharing your musings and your reflections and the lessons that you were learning along the way. So from there, like one of the biggest themes in your content as of late has been identity and getting like super solid in who you are on the way to reaching big goals. Like, did you have to 
grapple with identity, especially as you kind of evolve and realize like, wow, I actually have something here and like people are actually listening to me. Like, what was that evolution like? That's exactly it. Where in the beginning, like I was saying, like I did not see myself that way at all. And it kind of just felt like this really weird moment where people were drawn to me and I didn't really understand why or how of an impact. And I think we're going to get through the uh, kind of get to this a bit later, but I think that's really one of the things that's like blocking a lot of people where they Mm -hmm. don't necessarily understand that their voice in a particular community and what they're capable of putting out there Mm -hmm. is actually incredibly impactful. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about like those identity shifts, I think as things started getting bigger and progressing and I wanted to do more with it because I saw how much potential there was and how much I was really helping people like that was truly like my motivation and so those identity shifts yes they kind of happened as the outside world was like showing me a certain level I guess of validation and you Mm -hmm. know showing me like oh we people are coming here to see you and what you have to say and that's you know mind-blowing but then I also had to make at every step those really intentional identity Mm -hmm. shifts where I'm like yes, I am a thought leader. Yes, I am somebody who has something to say. I have experiences. I have experienced so much. I have wisdom. I have like so much background work that has really gone into what the guided word is today. And so at every level, not just letting myself be this person who, I don't know, posts on the internet and kind of just, I don't know, lets it fizzle out, which is what I've seen happen a lot on social media. It's easy to like come in really hot and have like have this big plan and big idea. And then if you're not getting that immediate like traction and validation and engagement and growth, that's when so many people just lose, lose their momentum and then they're goners. You're so right. It's literally that. And it's just one of those things where if they don't switch it on in their heads and within their identity and what their belief is behind it, Mm. if they have an off season, if they have a season of lower engagement, any kind of external, I guess, signal that maybe they're not doing as well as they thought they would in a specific season, that will kind of make them crawl back into their shell. Yeah. They'll be like, "I, I don't know if I have anything to offer. I definitely want to get into like how to navigate those harder seasons or like when you're feeling stuck, quote unquote, in a bit, but to dig a little deeper into like your background and what has kind of given you like the wisdom and like lived experience to have these lessons to share. Can you give some examples of maybe the things that a a few of the things that you experienced that maybe were really difficult or really challenging or tested you or tested your identity that have now like equipped you to lead on the level that you're leading? Because I think that's like a lot of people want to be a thought leader or they want to have something to say. But then as soon as anything hard happens, they're like, never mind, I'm out. Right. So it's like, what, how can we maybe get some examples of how that's actually served you and like equipped you to, to do what you do? For sure. And so for me, it's always been like, because I came from a very humble background and, you know, me and my mom were immigrants here. And I always felt like I was kind of the underqualified underdog in every Mm. single room. When I came to law school, when I even, you know, finally got in, I was, like you said, like I had this like background and passion always for like self-development, self-development, spirituality. It was always such a big part of who I was. 
And mm-hmm. then being in these environments where the legal profession can be incredibly rigid. It's mm-hmm. a very, like, it, it, it really came up and bumped up against, you know, what I was developing, especially when I was younger, as like, my core beliefs, my values, how I genuinely thought that, you know, life yeah. could go for me and who I was. Yeah. And so being really tested in environments where everything is very much like, you only believe it when there's a bunch of evidence in your face yeah. about it, you yeah. know, and having Ooh. these really like hustle culture at its like max, you know, like, yeah. exponential hustle culture mm-hmm. in like the legal profession. And, and just being- the general like basis of law of like the law is the law and the rule is the rule and like this is how it is and you either follow it or you don't and you're breaking the law like that it's so black and white as well it really is and then when we talk about energetics it is so rooted in the masculine right it's Mm. very much about Mm. the doing the pushing you hear about you know overworked lawyers is like a joke oh yeah all the time yeah (laughs) it's just like I very much did not resonate with so much of that and Mm. so coming in there and it was almost like the universe was like, oh, you believe these things, X, Y, and Z? Okay, prove it. Mm, prove that mm-hmm. you still believe that when you're yeah. coming up against people who are very much challenging that way yeah. of believing. And especially like what you get to have when it comes to success, what you believe about success, what you believe about women mm-hmm. in you know positions of power and what power looks like. Yeah. It was just such a and there was like such a almost brainwashing of like you must follow these rules in order to be successful in order to do whatever this and of course for me I end up you know consciously or unconsciously doing everything wrong (laughs) (laughs) and so it's just like I just I I didn't I didn't want to conform to that because I just didn't believe so much of what was the premise of what was being told to me but it's really hard in environments where like you are surrounded by everybody Mm -hmm. who's got like this one collective thought Mm -hmm. and I'm sure everyone can resonate with this because they've got some sort of similar situation Mm -hmm. where it's like they've been surrounded by people especially if you grew up really in a difficult environment that being kind of pushed on you and you really being tested yeah yeah and I think when you're in a space like that where the the like group think is very much like this is what it takes to be successful. You have to do X, Y, Z to be successful. And to be successful, this is a rule and blah, blah, blah. But then you you if you're able to kind of like zoom out a little and be like, is that my definition of successful? Which it sounds like you did of like, do I even want what everyone else wants? And to be able to like think for yourself and have that moment of reflection where you kind of like evaluate things on your own and you tap into your beliefs and your vision and your values and it sounds like that was like a huge kind of moment of separation in a good way for you absolutely because it was almost like this point where I got to a place where I was like if it's like this I don't want it yeah if I can't do it on my terms and if I can't do it in a way that feels like everything we talk about aligned and good and free and like you know I get to keep myself and who I am and my authenticity which is very incredibly hard in certain settings Mm -hmm. but it's just like if I can't have it I don't I don't want it like that I don't want it in this way that makes me feel like I'm compromising my values my worth who I am and like my health when it comes down to Mm -hmm. it like I don't believe in 
putting myself in situations that are going to cause me burnout. And you know it before you do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. you do. You're like, there's only one way this is going to end, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like that, I definitely had to go down that road and like learn the hard way before I had those like really strict boundaries and like values within myself. Like there, there were years in my business where I hit really bad burnout. And then I made a promise to myself, I want to say like two years ago or so that I was like, I, I don't care what it costs. Like if it costs my health or I don't care what the the sacrifice is or what I have to not attain basically. But like if the cost is my health, I'm not doing it. Like if it costs me my health, there is nothing that could be worth that anymore. And I had to like learn that the hard way. I've had to learn a lot of things the hard way. <laughs> but We're the same that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had to do the achiever things. I don't know if you know your Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram three. So achieving is like my thing. Like that is what, what gets me going. Do you know yours? <laughs> no, I actually don't surprisingly. Okay. Please take the test and report back because you might be a three. I don't know, but very, I'm very motivated by achievement and accomplishing things. And I had to super like rewire the way that I even look at achievement like what does it mean to be successful what does it mean to achieve things and it sounds like you had a similar journey and especially when you're in such an environment that is hustle and like successes making partner and doing these things like working at one of the big firms and blah 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 that is so hard to like deprogram yourself like you are swimming upstream to the max that's literally what it is. Yeah. And like you said, I don't know if you also like kind of saw this, but there's certain industries or certain times, I don't know if you were like feeling this as you were starting your business, where people were like kind of, it almost seems like boundaries is like a dirty word. It's like, mm. how dare you feel entitled enough to be setting boundaries when this is the time when you should be saying yes to everything and yeah. kind of hustling the hardest while you're like building those foundations and stuff. And just like people throwing kind of the book at you if you try to set yeah. and then enforce boundaries. Yeah. So how do you think about the kind of like balance or like nuance between having boundaries and like protecting your peace, protecting your energy, protecting your health, health, but also acknowledging that like when you're new at something, it's going to be hard. When you're first getting started, like you're going to have to put in work to like gain that traction. Like how do you think about that nuance and like help people kind of find the balance between the two sides? So I definitely think there's a big difference between challenge and Mm -hmm. knowing that something's going to be challenging. I don't necessarily, you know, walk away from a challenge, but I will walk away from a situation that starts feeling unnecessarily almost toxic, where it's just Mm -hmm. like, you can still be excited when challenge is happening. You know, Mm -hmm. when I'm in environments where I feel like I'm learning a lot for the first time, yeah, I'm going to be tired at the end of the the day. I'm going to feel like maybe like I need like the extra rest and recharge. But I'm not necessarily going to feel miserable and I'm not yeah. going to feel contracted on the inside. Mm. And I feel like we get used to certain body signals and emotional signals where we are like, oh, and I hate this phrase so much because it's been thrown at me so many times in my life. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just like that is used to define so many incredibly <laughs> toxic things. Mm-hmm. And it's just we kind of us as a society have learned or tried to teach people that like, you know, when it feels like that, when it feels Mm -hmm. what is definitely symptoms close to like 
burnout and needing extra support and not being okay, that, you know, you should just numb that and keep going because mm. it'll eventually get easier. Yeah. But to me, that that never really sat well with me. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, I get hard and I get, you know what, you're gonna have really difficult moments, especially mm-hmm. I don't know any entrepreneur who's like, oh, yeah, this was all this, smooth this is a walk in the park, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. And so even knowing like there are times when you need to like take a rest or like yeah. take a day or take a moment to like step back and mm-hmm. you still are drawn and want to go back to that thing that you're building and you're still passionate about it yeah. and you still want to put in the hours because sometimes I'll lose track of time you yeah. know like I'll completely mm-hmm. I, I'll think it's an hour but like six hours have gone by yeah. and I've you know done all of these things and created all of these things and I don't necessarily feel so depleted and miserable in my body like there's a difference between a hard day's work you know like that yeah. fulfilling kind yeah and then you're like just plain miserable and yeah. your body is like reacting yeah there's a huge difference I've noticed between the days where I've like maybe I've worked 10 hours or something because I have a launch coming up or I thought of a new offer or like I'm just feeling really lit up about something and I like get into that flow state and I'm like knocking stuff out and I get to the end of the day and like I am exhausted but it's like a feeling of like satisfaction and like I like got to creatively express myself and like that feeling of being tired is so different than spending your day doing things because you feel like you should or you have to like those two types of exhaustion and tiredness are completely different like feelings and like experiences within your body so do you like is the difference between those two feelings is that because you're in your purpose or like what allows us to have like work hard but have it be in a motivating expansive like fulfilling way like what allows that aligned feeling to happen I think I I do you know you're human design I am a manifesting generator okay so I think <laughs> the world is like run mostly by generators. yeah I feel like we do we get that extra energy I think from doing something that really lights us up like you were saying like I think when I learned about this I was like oh this really does make sense because for me there are certain tasks where like it's not even that hard for me it feels so exhausting oh I for sure have things like that too yeah (laughs) and then there's other ones where I'm like yeah like you said like you know it's been a long few days or a long few weeks or whatever it is but there is that spark and there's mm-hmm. that like flow like that we tap into. And so I think for us, it might be different for other energy types, but yeah. I've found that I resonate with this and that yeah. like, I feel when I'm like in my purpose or if I know I have to do something that's like a short term mm-hmm. gain for like a right. really expansive long term gain, I yeah. don't necessarily feel I don't necessarily feel that same way as you do when you're like, you've accumulated dread almost. Mm-hmm. I feel like. like when you have to like do your taxes, you're like, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. I know I have to do it. Like it's been looming over me. Like you don't feel like f- excited. <laughs> you feel yeah. relieved when your taxes are done, but like the act of doing them isn't like in your purpose and like this feeling of alignment and flow the way that your true like calling or life's work like is supposed to feel 
that's kind of i mean you might feel this way too that's where structure comes in i guess yeah. where it's just like if you if you are somebody who's very creative sometimes structure mm. may make you feel very blah and bored yeah. but but there's a difference between i think for me when i'm seeing something where i'm like okay this this makes sense to me this is some somewhere where my energy is flowing right now and for the larger i guess picture yeah. this is going to contribute to it yeah. And it is part of this larger purpose that lights me up and makes me feel like when you're just doing things. And I think this is a big thing for people who maybe are drowning in busy work. Mm-hmm. When you find day in and day out, you're doing exclusively tasks that yeah. make you feel <laughs> drained and bad. And you're just not really getting in that time to A, rest or B, do things that really light you up. Yeah, that like over time really produces that feeling. And then you end up getting to burnout, right? Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this later. But too, like, in inauthenticity makes you stressed. I mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. when you are constantly using your energy to pretend you care about things that you don't or that you are a person that you're not, mm-hmm. that weighs on your energy. And I think that weighs on you as you know, an entrepreneur, whatever yeah. kind of person actually any profession when you spend so much time being inauthentic to who you are yeah and your, your your energy design I think that that's really what it is yeah I think there are some just like universal truths about like let's say entrepreneurship of like okay we all have to like do our bookkeeping or like learn how to do it initially we all need to like pay taxes we all need to like have some sort of like project management and like have meetings and like do things that are maybe monotonous or like not so fun but there's a difference like you said when you recognize that it's attached to this bigger picture outcome and like this self-actualization or like this goal or give it gives you the ability to continue doing what you love doing and so if you're able to attach it to the outcome then I think it's so much easier to like energetically get behind it or at least be in a place of acceptance of like okay today's might suck or like whatever it might not be fun but like this is a price I'm more than happy to pay if it means xyz exactly no you definitely exactly it Yeah. Okay, cool. So I know that authenticity is like a huge theme for you right now and identity as well. And I wanted to call out specifically one of your recent posts because you said your calling is not going to require you to self-abandon. Your purpose is not going to require you to perform as someone else. Living your biggest, most beautiful, boldest life will require you to lean into your authenticity and be fully expressed, not lean out. And so in a world where I think it's so easy to see, like we're getting more than ever in history, a front row seat to so many people's like success and journeys and curated highlight reels. Obviously it's whatever they're willing to show us, but like we're getting more of a front row seat and more access to other people's journeys and steps they're taking and all of that stuff. And so I think it's easier than ever to get lost in the sauce of like, well, they're doing it this way or they sound this way. And I've found over my development as an entrepreneur, like the more I try to do it my way and figure out what my way means, the more ease there is in the progress or the less friction I come up against in the process. So can you explain why that is or like why sacrificing your authenticity, why trying to do it like someone else because they're successful and it worked for them? Like, why is that actually slower? Why is that actually hurting you, even if it's a proven thing? 
so funny because honestly, energetics, it's just when you're being inauthentic, you're swimming upstream. Like you're mm-hmm. going up against the current. You mm-hmm. are spending all this time trying to say all the right things to people, right? Mm-hmm. So we've seen this. Be like, what can, here's like the script as like how yeah. you can make sales. Which comes with so you- much like overanalyzing too of like, yes. am I saying this exactly right? Am I, did I get the tone of how they did it? Like you have to be so nitpicky to actually nail it the way someone else did it. Yes. And then on top of that, everyone has a different audience. Yeah, You have different people who are attracted to you for different reasons. And if you're speaking in one tone for like, I don't know, weeks, months, whatever it is, and all of a sudden you adopt a whole different other person's tone. Yeah. Like people, people get confused. It's Mm -hmm. weird. Like, Mm -hmm. Like we maybe not consciously, but it's kind of like, there's something off here. Yeah. People notice the vibes of like, this does not quite like something about this isn't fitting. And I think that turns people off and maybe they, again, like aren't even conscious of why they're turned off or why they feel like uneasy about what they're consuming, but they're like, the vibes are off. (laughs) (laughs) The vibes are off. Yeah. this is kind of sketchy. What happened? Did you, yeah. did somebody else, like, did you hire somebody to yeah. start posting for you? Yeah. But I think there's that. And then it's also just one of those things where even if you look at the types of, you know, pages and followings that people start, they'll literally be like, oh, it looked like really easy for this person to amass mm-hmm. this level of success doing this. So I don't even care what it is that I actually feel called to yeah, start. Yeah, that looks the easiest. About. Yeah. Yeah. And so like they'll even start it so it's like from the very foundation they're going the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> They've started something because it looked really easy for somebody else mm-hmm. and they're they're like scrolling through this person. And by the way, just looking at through someone's like, Instagram is not going to tell you, you know, like how this person went through hours and hours of devoted to a craft or building mm-hmm. the business like you just scrolling through their Instagram and seeing that they have a lot of followers and you're like I'm gonna follow, I'm gonna post the exact same type of content or even worse like actually steal this person's yeah. content oh yeah throw it on mm-hmm. my page mm-hmm. yeah it's <laughs> such a triggering one for so many of us <laughs> indeed <laughs> yes and so it's, it's, it's one of those things where there's that where it's like you're blatantly being like inauthentic to yourself and you know it mm-hmm. and so that's gonna require a lot of energy for you to upkeep it being feels bad else. yeah it does not I remember when I first started my business and like I started my podcast and I had my first like official website that I like spent a lot of money building and in that time I want to say it was maybe 20 17 every entrepreneur's brand was like blush pink everyone was like (laughs) blush pink and metallic and so I was like perfect we're doing that and I like put all this money into building a website like a pink website and I can't even tell you like I don't think I own a single piece of pink clothing in my entire (laughs) wardrobe like I don't think I even own pink and here I am with an entire pink website this makes no sense it's so inauthentic but I'm like that's what that's the blueprint that's what we're doing right now and then also at that time like all the top podcasts and even my business mentor like I used to be mentored by Jenna Kutcher and she has one of the top podcasts in the business space and so I'm like okay everyone sounds this way and it was like very like bubbly very like feminine and like energetic and like very outgoing kind of you know bubblegummy vibes And it's authentic maybe for them, but like not me. Like I have a much more like (laughs) grounded, 
chill energy, if you will, like with a little spice and wit and sass in there for sure. But like, I'm, that's just not me. Like I'm a neutrals girl. I'm grounded. I am not easily like activated to that level of energy. And so I remember just being so exhausted trying to keep up with my content, trying to keep up with my podcast, my YouTube channel, everything, trying to fit into like that way of expression and that way of showing up because it was so fake. Like I felt like I had to like put my persona on to like go do content. And I still think that to an extent, like it makes sense to kind of, I tell my clients like turn your personality up like 10% for it to be able to like translate authentically online because we lose context from not being in person and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, but like turn up the real you 10%. Don't like put on a persona (laughs) and be this fake person. It is exhausting. And I found myself having so much resistance against showing up that way. And the other thing I tell my clients about this too is like, okay, if you spend all your time or you create this whole brand and community and business off of not being yourself, that means you're attracting clients who want someone else, not you. That means people are going to come into your world, hire you, expect you to be that person. And then either A, it's going to be exhausting to, to show up in that fake way, inauthentic way every day, like in your coaching sessions, or B, there's going to be that disconnect and you're going to have clients who are disconnected or unhappy because they're getting something different than what they thought they were getting. Like, I just can't even imagine if I pretended to be that bubbly person still all the time. And then my clients come in and we're having like, that's just not the vibe. (laughs) That's just not what we're doing. (laughs) And now I get clients who are like, I actually love that when I come into our coaching calls, like my nervous system stays regulated. And I love that like nothing is an emergency and everything feels very like grounded and calm and like intentional. And I'm like, yes, that's what we're doing. Like that is the vibe. And that doesn't mean we can't be like sassy and like have some spice in there, but we're not, we don't have to go up here. I, I realize this is an audio only podcast, but I'm, I'm motioning like <laughs> up here, arms up to the sky. Like we do not have to always activate up to here to like do business. Right. And so that has actually help me stand out too. Like not only does it feel better to create and show up for my clients and all that stuff, but also like not everyone wants the the like super high energy yes. bubbly coach either. No, it's exactly that where it's just like you're so and you are like somebody who listen, if you present yourself to me in a certain way when I'm about to buy something, okay, yeah. and it's something completely different mm-hmm. when I actually purchase it, yeah, I'm going to feel weirdly deceived. Again, yeah, whether I exactly. tell you or not, whether I just think it or whether it's like on a subconscious level. Yeah, you might just experience that so as weird. like resistance of like trusting the advice or whatever, but it's like there's going to be a disconnect some in some way, shape or form. Exactly. And like it just it's I find it's just easier yeah. to build something around because listen, you can have a million tasks easily every single day to do, but when you're not putting like extra energy into also pretending to be something mm-hmm. that you're not, it frees up the energy. And we've also seen a lot of people just walk away from things yeah. in the last bit where mm-hmm. they've decided they're gonna go from something big and beautiful and like burn it to the ground because yeah. it's either boring them to tears, it's not speaking to them, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like who they are at this point in time. And they're mm-hmm. willing to risk it all 
to start from zero, knowing how much work it is to start from zero Mm -hmm. and they're willing to do it because it gets to a point where you think like you can pretend for a certain amount of time. Yeah. But when it's something long-term, it literally starts to eat away at your soul. And then what's Mm -hmm. the point of this, this thing that people have chosen Mm -hmm. to do because they thought they were going to be more free if they did it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people lose the lose sight of what they're actually working towards or like what why they're actually doing it because the same like milestones or goals or like business models or whatever or like life path even like outside of the entrepreneurship space like all the same milestones get normalized and so then you just kind of like assume that that's what you should be wanting and then I also have found like when you're so in it like you can have, you can be putting your head down and like putting in the work day after day after day. And then eventually you pick your head up, you look around and you're like, oh, yeah. like I did not mean to get here. Like that definitely happened to me in different phases of my, of my like business journey. And I had to like, kind of, I don't know, like renovate my business of like, <laughs> this is not working. This is not working. Like we need to change a lot. Like this year has actually been a, a huge year of letting go of things that like were not serving me anymore and we kind of had to like slow down and renovate and overhaul things to now like speed back up yeah and like I know that we've mentioned kind of briefly like stuck seasons Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times that's what that is like there's a certain amount of I think there's so many different like ways that stuck seasons may come up for people but one of them really is that I find a lot of times it's like before they have to kind of bring the wrecking ball in, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's like Mm -hmm. they're, they've been either doing or not doing something that they're supposed to be doing. And so much of that universal resistance is coming in. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're not, you're not, you keep trying to like hit a brick wall is basically how I see it in my head. Yeah, honestly. And it's like, it turns into being stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I found it was like a lot of, kind of, I don't want to say being complacent, but like seeing things as like, oh, well, this has worked in the past or like, this is the way that we've done it. And this is what's worked. And this is what has felt good in the past. So we're just going to kind of like rinse and repeat and keep going. And this year was a big year of like, we bought a house and got married and all the like family stuff came up. Like it's been like a a hell of a year, a very lifey year. And so then it's very easy to just be like, that's a problem for my future self is like things maybe not feeling quite right in business or things not quite like hitting the way that they used to hit and stuff like that. And it's so easy to be like, "Mm, I'll worry about that if it still is a problem in a couple months or whatever. And then eventually you're like, okay, we like need to like actually like do some things now. Like we actually need to take this seriously and address it. So I think, I think it can be like a, maybe like willful ignorance, complacency thing. I also think it can be like a lack of clarity on like your values and a you thing. I also think it can be like life being very lifey and you literally don't have the bandwidth to like fully address things. Like I kind of let my business support me a lot this year, which is great. Like it's actually amazing that I've been able to travel and do all of these things. My team's supporting me and my programs are still running and my clients are still supported. Like amazing. Love that, that my business is in the stage where we can do that. But also there has to be like a season where you come back and you're like, okay, we need to like (laughs) change some things up here. So in that stuck season, like, what do you think 
or how can we, I guess, identify whether this is like a temporary lull of like, okay, maybe I just need to like spice things up and maybe I'm just like in a little bit of a low season because of the seasons are changing and it's getting darker, whatever. Like we're just in a little bit of a like short term funk versus like we have settled into a season of stuckness and like something really needs to shift. Well, like you were saying, first off, you know, you had such a big year, which is fantastic and amazing. And sometimes people have like a year where it's just like, everything is kind of just fallen apart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's just like, whether it was like a really amazing thing that like happened in your personal life, like beautiful, you got married, how amazing. But then people also realize that sometimes, especially even like, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people after giving birth, like Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily feel like the same person anymore Mm -hmm. and like this season of life has maybe really changed their perspective whether it was super bad or super good something happened sometimes it just shakes us awake in a different way that we're not Mm -hmm. expecting Mm -hmm. and then we look at things and we're like oh this is not what I want anymore and that's super scary for a lot of people they're like this thing I've poured into you're telling me I don't want it anymore what do you Mm -hmm. mean yeah I'm just gonna push through and then you know I didn't come this far to only come this far like I I've done so much and that's like the sunk cost fallacy thing of like I've worked so hard for this I can't turn back now and that has come back to bite me several times before we don't have to go down that those rabbit holes necessarily but like that logical fallacy of like well I've already invested so much into getting here I can't possibly just be done now and like over overstaying the the situation no it's true and then you start to almost build up and I think this is the most kind of dangerous thing you can do is you start building up resentment towards what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's probably one of the most toxic energies you can yeah. bring to a, your business, yeah. anything you're doing, yeah. a relationship, whatever it is. Yeah. Because that resentment will like, that will eat away at every single it just thing festers. you're doing. Yeah. And then, especially if you have an online business, if you're on social media, if you have, if you're in the coaching space, and you have clients, like if you carry that energy, whether you're conscious of it or not like if you carry that energy into your content guess what it's not going to land with people the way you think it's going to land if you carry that energy into your coaching relationships guess what that your clients are going to feel that like everyone in the equation deserves better than the resentment vibes yeah and then you might end up getting ghosted back where people Mm. are like there's crickets on my social media why is nobody you know engaging with me why is Mm-hmm. nobody wanting to work with me why is nobody yeah. wanting to resign why is nobody and then all of a sudden you're like looking around and you're like there used to be so many this used to be this bountiful plentiful you mm-hmm. know situation and now and then you kind of have to look and you're like well have you been resent what have you been resentful of the mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. you had that can become is such it- a toxic feedback loop too of like no one's buying they like people need to buy for me or like, what the heck? My offer's good. Why won't anyone pay me? And just like getting into that space is like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like there, no one can win from that. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, well, is it actually that maybe you don't want it? Mm. <laughs> or at least in this clearly, way. Yeah. Yeah. Like you clearly actively like feel resentment towards an offering that you've got or, or something or like a type of, I don't know, content that you're posting. Uh, Like, it's really one of those things where 
I think we, like we were saying, like there's just, there'll be certain external validations and we'll take that and we'll kind of run with it and it'll Mm -hmm. become a whole story. And Mm -hmm. that, that can happen in the stuck seasons as well, where it's just like, there has been a story that you have had that has been going on for so long that you can't even pinpoint Mm -hmm. (laughs) when it was that Mm. it started. And so like, I think you can see, because sometimes your your stuck seasons are like, okay, you're supposed to reevaluate. Maybe there are certain things here that need rejigging and realigning. But then you can feel where you just get to a point where it's just like, you don't even want to move. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't want to move on the things that, you know, brought you joy once. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, it's not even about like, oh, I don't really want to do this thing anymore. It's like, you don't want to do anything. Yeah. That's like the lay on the floor vibes. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Where it's just like, that's when you can feel when you see that that's like a long-term thing, because like, I know myself, it's just like, sometimes when I feel like things no longer resonate with, Mm -hmm you know, what I'm trying to do or whatever it is like, I can see myself being resistant to doing this thing, mm-hmm. but I very much will, you know, kick my ass into gear and do it this thing that like, mm-hmm. it, it does resonate more and it'll give me the same result, but like, I'll be doing it differently and I'll be doing it in a way maybe that now at this point in time is more authentic to me, but I'm still moving. I'm not sitting around getting super complacent about it. And I have that drive to move. Mm -hmm. It's when you don't want to do anything where you're like, "Mm, maybe this is a longer term thing where Mm. it's just like, you don't want to move at all. You don't want to make the moves. You don't want to even, it's almost like, I don't even want to help myself type of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like Like you start getting like victim-y. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you start thinking stuck is where you should live. You know, mm-hmm. like you might have, you might have gotten here because like, there's something that you either need to rearrange or you're not doing, mm-hmm. or, you know, like you're, you're scared, you're scared mm-hmm. to like make a move, whatever it is. But then instead of being like, okay, and seeing that for what it is, we get like super attached sometimes to the mm-hmm. stuck season. You're like, it's never going to end. Where's mm-hmm. the end? You're like looking for the tunnel. It's mm-hmm. never going to end. But it's like, you've gotten attached. You've, you've decided I live here now. You yeah. like planted that flag. Yeah. In the sand. You're like unpacking. You're moving in. Yeah. <laughs> you're moving in. You're not going anywhere. And they, you kind of almost hear when people talk about stuck season sometimes mm-hmm. I've noticed is like, they've made it like we've talked about like a part of your identity. Mm-hmm. It's like, I am stuck. You know, there's, I've tried this, that, and the other, and nothing's moving. So like, I've tried everything. Energy yes. is so, yes. so disempowering. Yeah. 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 And so it's, it's really one of those things where like stuck short term, we all know what it is and, and we all know like these are kind of passing moments. But I think when you start getting invested in stuck mm. and you think it's never going to, change or you're like looking at like a problem or what you what you think is a problem and like a very limited lens mm-hmm. you need to shift your perspective around how you're looking at the problem mm. otherwise you are going to be stuck in that no solution because it's like it's almost like I think there's that saying where it's like you can't fix a problem from the same mindset that you mm. created it something mm-hmm. like that like yeah it, it's what it really is mm-hmm Yeah. So if someone is listening and they're like, oh, holy shit, I think I like unpacked into the stuck zone. Like what, where do I go from here? Like, are we auditing like what we're consuming? Are we like, I'm leading my clients to like a daily mindset challenge right now, mindset work challenge. Like where do we go from here once you have that moment of awareness and and honesty of like, yep, I'm I'm identifying with my stuckness. Now what? 
I maybe this is like slightly controversial, <laughs> but for me, when we, I, we I've live been... for the hot takes, so <laughs> and I just I've been in so many like seasons like this where I've just looked at and maybe this is not the best way to go, but I've looked at what is not like the scariest thing I could do for the sake of being scary and mm-hmm. you know dysregulating my nervous <laughs> system yeah but but there's there's those scary things that I think in stuck seasons where you're like oh this this thing that I will totally not do mm-hmm. um but like kind of makes me really excited if mm-hmm. I were to do it but also terrified at the same time mm-hmm. but also almost slightly turns me on you know <laughs> like, yeah it's, it's like I tend to break that very complacent and stagnant energy by looking at what in my life I can do that I'm feeling led to do that Mm -hmm. is more scary, that is more like it it turns something on, like Mm -hmm. energetically within me, whatever it is, it turns something on and it's not doing it because, oh, this is a a massive risk. And you know what? Like, I don't know. I have nothing else to lose. I'm just going to go for it, but I don't really want to do it. You feel the difference when it's something where you're like, oh, this is actually something that would light me up. I have Mm -hmm. maybe said that this is something I will do in like five years or six years or like super down the line. But you know, in this season, things have maybe cleared up in a way where it's just like, I actually could go, you know, take that bull by the horns type of, Mm -hmm. you know, action. And really shake it up. And maybe I'm a drastic person sometimes. Self-awareness is key. Yeah. (laughs) When you're in such a deep. You need like the jolt. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You You have to break that pattern. Exactly. And it's just like sometimes when there's a pattern that's just gone so deep seated. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like I've had it in seasons where it's just like you become so bored with your life. Why? Mm -hmm. Like you have one life. The time is ticking. Like, well, yeah. how, why are you in this, you know, bored, uh, like, space when it's just mm-hmm. like, there are things out there that you genuinely, deeply want to do yeah. and that you desire. And so breaking up that energy, I mean, it's not the most, you know, <laughs> one size fits all approach. A lot yeah. of people may not want to do this. But for me, at the most drastic end of it, that's that's something yeah. that I've done. And it's paid off for me because it's just like, it's really just taking you out of that energy. It brings mm-hmm. back this jolt of purpose energy. It brings you into action again, too, mm-hmm. where it's just not, it's like, it's the big difference between, you know, sitting on your couch and like literally running on a treadmill. Like mm-hmm. your life just, as you work towards this thing, as you do things that make you, you know, move closer towards this thing that you're maybe sitting on for a long time, you're like reignited, truly. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, there are smaller things throughout the day you can do that aren't as drastic, you know, yeah. like, I I love myself some, you know, trauma informed yoga, I love regulating my nervous system, you know, like, I get outside, like, that's my religion, I don't care how cold <laughs> yeah. it is in Toronto, you know, like, there's so many ways that like, if I am feeling in a funk, I'm like, when was the last time I went outside today? Yeah. You know, like, it has to be a daily thing for me. And just like things where like, you know, I'm like, how am I spending the first bit of my morning? You know, Mm -hmm. like, am I, am I setting this time aside for myself for it to be, you know, meditation time, whether I end up in meditation or not, you know, it's not always a perfect science, Mm -hmm. but but it's just like, how am I organizing my days? How much time am I spending consuming other people's Mm -hmm. lives on Instagram or content or whatever Mm -hmm. it is? Like there's so many day to day, like practices that you can do but yeah 
I also there's something that I advocate for when it comes yeah. to that like I also I'm like love a little bit of chaos as well like my I always <laughs> joke like my natural habitat is chaos so like I love switching things up I love finding something like a little chaotic. Uh, sometimes for me, that's been like moving across the country. <laughs> Other times it <laughs> is doing things like I committed to this like daily mindset work. As of us recording this, it's October. And like I committed to daily mindset work until 2024. And like my clients joined me on this challenge and stuff like that. Just looking for ways to get activated in the right direction, I think is what it comes down to. And like sometimes you get so sick of your shit and you feel so deep in that pattern that you're like, I need something big like that was one reason why I hired my first business mentor and things like that like I remember and not everyone needs to do this I'm not necessarily condoning this but like I signed a $25,000 contract so I was like I can't do this anyway like anymore the way that I've been doing it something needs to change take my money and like somehow this is going to fix everything. And it did because I took responsibility for fixing it. It wasn't necessarily like she gave me this magic pill or anything. But I think that the severity of your stuckness informs like the level of action you need to take. And so I also think it comes down to like being proactive, like you said, of doing the daily stuff, having the rituals, having those like almost bumpers and like check-ins of like, does this serve me? Do I actually want this? And like getting into those habits of like self-awareness and boundaries and self-care so that maybe you don't need to move across the country and burn your whole life down. No, exactly. And so that one thing I will say is I think if you are feeling the call to lead in some sort of way, shape or form or you know build a platform where you know you are sharing teachings or whatever it is I think there's something to be said about like going out into the world and actually experiencing it Mm -hmm. and I think like that is like where so much of my you know like wisdom it's making the mistakes right like it's being like okay we're in like a culture where it's just like you're always being told like you must do say the right thing and then even like online there's just so much shoved down your throat as like why you can't do this on your social media and I'm like mm-hmm. actually you know what I'm gonna do it and it's gonna be fine yeah. um, but yeah. like it's just like you get so afraid mm-hmm. to make a mistake you get so afraid to like actually like live mm-hmm. and then what what are you leading from you haven't been brave yes. you haven't yeah. gone had the experience what are you what are you leading from mm-hmm. like I'd like to know mm-hmm. <laughs> snaps for that for sure and also when people are like I have nothing to talk about I have nothing to share I have nothing to like film I have nothing to write about it's like look at your life like are you bored if you're bored like that's problem number one like we need to fix that like you need to leave your house stop looking at other people for inspiration travel meet new people try things fail like you will you'll only have things to talk about when you like do things worth conversation like that's the only way and I think people are so scared about like being the beginner for certain yeah. things where it's yeah. just like they're terrified of that but like think about if I could write about the beginning stages of anything that's where like oh, there'd be so much content for that because yeah. it's just, like you're learning so quickly you're making the mistakes there's just there's so much. So like, go be a beginner at something. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I literally <laughs> seek out like things for the plot now. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> I need, can, should I take up tennis lessons? I'm like, I don't really have time for that. But that'd be fun. Like, how can I just be bad at things? How can I meet new people? How can I go places that make me uncomfortable? Because otherwise, like, we have nothing to talk about anymore. Like, if I'm just in my routine and nothing ever changes, I have nothing, no like well of inspiration. And it's always when I'm feeling like creatively depleted 
and I take a step back or I go travel or I unplug and I am with friends or with family or I'm seeing the world or whatever. Like I have so much to say after that because I went into the world. I experienced things. I have stuff to talk about again. I think I said once that like my best work was not done, you know, like forcing myself, like yeah. taping myself to a chair and then looking at a piece of paper with a pen. Yeah. Um, it's been like scribbling things frantically in between actually like yes. doing things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know if you watched SpongeBob growing up, but like yes. when you try to force yourself to come up with something that's like a hot take or like something that people are going to love on social media it's giving when spongebob has to write his paper about what i learned in boating school is and he's sitting there what i learned in boating school <laughs> is what i learned in boating school is and then it, it shows him like burning the midnight oil and all he's written is like the letter t and he just like keeps embellishing the letter over and over and over again <laughs> and that's what like that is literally what you're doing when you're just like what can i talk about what can i say what can i say what should i talk about today like that that does not make like that is not what thought leaders are doing in their creative process yeah like throw yourself in the fire some, sometimes yeah. you know yeah like. yeah so I want to wrap this then like bring it full circle of just giving people a little bit of like tangible takeaways around writing because obviously you're an incredible writer you have kind of gone against the grain of the rules of Instagram as well like the 99% of your content is like written right? Like not a huge video person. I mean, you have, you, you show up in your stories and you have, you have some video stuff, but like if you go on your feed, it's a lot of written content. So what are some like best practices or tips for how we can bring those original ideas and like authenticity and purpose to our social media? Like, do you have any, whether it's like tangible writing tips or just simply maybe practices of how you get into your creative flow, whatever's coming to mind? So I'll do quickies then. Number one, don't inspiration scroll. Mm. This is literally the worst thing for you. Go scroll on a different time. Different time. When you're not trying to create, don't do not do the thing where you're like, I'm going to write something, but let me just open up you know, uh -huh. Instagram real quick and see what everybody that I'm really you know, loving their content, I'm going to go see what they've been mm -hmm. doing in the last bit. No, put that away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so there's that. Number two is I think sometimes... Like write in the way that's easiest to you, because yeah. that's kind of what the way that ideas come to you. Mm -hmm. When you speak, like when you speak, quote unquote, when you write the way that you speak, yeah, it's a lot easier than if you start using a lot of like really, if you're not somebody who uses really weird long words and, and like flowery language, then don't do that. Because mm -hmm. you're literally going to walk away from the page. And it's going to be game over. Like you, you're not going to want to go back ever. Yeah. And I think one of the big issues that people don't get maybe is like, they've been shown for so long that like, this is the way that you're supposed to write. And like, this is what good art or good writing looks like. Mm -hmm. And so thinking that you can just do it in the way that you talk and then maybe spice it up if you really want to, if that doesn't resonate with you. But if you start in the way that is easiest and how you speak, mm -hmm. you will come up with something. Yeah. And so Leading to point quick point number three, like stream of consciousness. Like yes, if you yeah. can't, if you're not like, if something's not moving for you, start stream, stream of consciousness. What do you want? Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you want in your life? What do you, what happened? 
are you feeling emotional about something if you it, it may seem random at first but mm-hmm. literally what you are doing is like rejigging your brain mm-hmm. into writing without like all of this judgment because yeah. I think judgment is like what stops so much really beautiful like art and like work from coming out into the world and this applies mm-hmm. to like everything not even just writing but for this specifically if you're doing stream of consciousness you may pick out like one sentence in that where you're like oh my god that's like gold yeah that's that's your jumping off point that just became a whole like work yeah exactly and so it's just like you've gotten yourself to move and then or you might even find one word in that and you're like oh actually that's like really powerful this is Mm -hmm. what I want to write about today under my Mm -hmm. umbrella of like things that are like my content my values whatever it is this thing is what I want to talk about. Yeah. And so going for that. And like we said, like, I think people need to kind of practice more of the receptive energy. Mm. I find writing comes from more of like the feminine flow type of energy. If I'm not, if I'm not producing, it's likely because I'm actually like doing that, like very masculine mental, like exercise of you must produce this from nine to two, Mm, you mm -hmm. must do this. And it's just like, we don't, we don't receive inspiration that way. I've never seen anybody receive inspiration that way. And so creating spaciousness in your life Mm -hmm. where it's like enough for you to have room for that is so important. That's it. I get my best ideas, like either in the shower when I'm like, just not doing anything, just being completely present when I'm driving with no music on, when I'm like walking on the treadmill after my workout, like have the endorphins flowing. I I just get these like downloads, like straight to my brain. And I think because I've been creating content on social media for 11 years, like I literally get ideas now for content, like in the form of an Instagram (laughs) caption, like the hook is like (laughs) zapped into my brain because I've created that space. And my brain is like, doing this like creative vortex in the background and then just gets delivered like it's like here you go there you go but it only after I've created the space and only after I've like put myself in that energy of receiving and then also like I cannot emphasize enough what you said about being willing to just like do it messy and let the first draft be bad like literally just word vomit stream of consciousness just get in the habit of like getting things out of your brain and letting it be bad or like not eloquent or just like jumbled because you can sift through it and there's going to be like those little gems in there. And so it's like that, but it feels vulnerable to let yourself, even if it's just in front of yourself, for some reason that feels vulnerable. Like, Ooh, this is shit. Right. Like for some reason that feels bad. You just have to let it be bad. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. This was such an amazing conversation. I feel like we could keep going for like a whole nother hour, but we will wrap here. So where can people find more of you? Where can they find your book? Tell us all the things. All of the links, everything is at the guided word. So if you pop on over there, my Instagram will point you in all the right places. Love it. Thank you so, so much for this episode, for sharing your wisdom and your stories and your advice. We are so grateful. Thank you for having me. Honestly, it was a blast.